I'm Phaedra Polychronis. And I'm Sarah Goldblatt. And this is the fifth episode of Low Point. The podcast about hitting rock bottom and what comes next. I'm gonna die. This is, this is how it ends. I had nothing. Then I, I got even worse. I felt more and more isolated from everyone around me and I'm getting sadder and sadder about it. That sort of sent me into a tailspin. Today, we're going to talk with Alex Karpovsky, an actor and director. Alex is going to discuss his creative rock bottom, moving back in with his parents, and editing his first film. Alex, thanks for coming in. Let's start with this. This is a general thought that will hopefully lead us in that we can revisit at the very end. If you were uh, entrusted with writing the dictionary definition of a low point Mm. in one's existence, how would you... uh, how would you write out that entry? Oh, man, what an interesting question. Well, oh God, I, you know, I was going to say, like, me personally, I wonder how many people would share, like, a similar opinion about Low Point. But I could only talk about what really, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of other people, so I guess it's enough for a definition. Um, it's what I, like, really, like, lost... Uh, lost a hold of what, like, a more fulfilling future would look like. So it's a specific type of losing hope. For me, it was. And that, uh, peering into that stuff was really, really scary. And then, like, being nudged closer towards it where you're no longer peering at it, but, like, living in close proximity to it is really scary. And then kind of running out of ideas on how to reverse this trend, you're nudged even further towards it, then mm-hmm. it's like low point. That to me is a low point. That's what it was for me. And it was really more it's than anything else. It's not that you're farthest as possible from the goal. It's that you are just... You're moving. nudged closer to a void where you don't know what the goals are. You, don't, you have no right. vision for what a more fulfilling future could look like, mm-hmm. a happier future. Like right. you don't know... You don't know. It's 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 hope. You know, like you don't. You lose the idea of what like a more positive future could look like for you. You have these sort of ideas that worked for a while. These little foundations that supported some sort of paradigm of happiness in the future, and you know, one by one, those columns fall, and you're just like, "Fuck! I don't know if I'm going to be happier further down the road." Right. And that's a dark place to mm-hmm. be. That's and a low point. It seems like you have tears, right? It like started at one point and then sort of widened and deepened. Yeah. And widened and deepened. It's a very like sophisticated fortress that was built to like protect myself in many mm-hmm. ways. There's all these like advanced castles that need to be stormed and hopefully like the security is getting better as I'm getting older and smarter and more familiar with how my brain works or whatever. But this one was like, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It was its own type of castle that I, I just uh, was particularly uh, scared. I keep saying scary because I was uh, like the biggest fear. I was just in a state of heightened anxiety a lot, which is counterproductive to getting you out of the state that you're in sometimes, you know. Like people say, like when you have like a life-threatening experience, like the serenity washes over you, and that's true. But if you spend like hours, days, or weeks in that state, that serenity goes away and it's replaced by anxiety sometimes. And that's, sometimes. Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> I just I don't want to speak too generally, but totally always. Yeah. yeah. And like you could there's a few ways out and, and a few ways to just maybe not I don't know. You're trying to get out of it. That's that's the goal. Okay. Like let me just get out of this. And that's like a for me that's like a low point. That's a that's a one pixel in the fucking JPEG that is low point, you know. So take us take us there. Take us to this 
low point. You guys are in it. I mean, I, I told you. Like, we're in the I'll, middle of it right you're now. Already, well, I don't know if you're the middle of it, but like, you're not we at the entry point. point. <laughs> yeah, this is it, guys. <laughs> Welcome. We shut the door. <laughs> and here we are. This yeah. is that castle you spoke. This is reminding me of some things. Yeah. So this is reminding me of my low points. But would you say like this chapter in your life? How does it um, place itself vis-a-vis that that period? Very far, fortunately. Okay. Very far. I don't think I could be enjoying this conversation if I was like, if it wasn't very far. Right. No, I'm like, uh, I'm glad to say like it was in the past. Might it happen again? Who knows? I mean, I have no predictive powers in that respect. I don't know. Right. That's one of like the exhilarating thrills of being alive. It's like you don't know how much longer this is going to last. I don't know, uh, but anyway, I'm talking about like day to day reality, like going to the store and getting stuff, and like going through your routine. Not anywhere near that level of hopelessness or anxiety. In fact, I don't feel like I'm hopeless. I feel like the vision of the future to me is more positive. It, it, it gives itself in a, in a very generous. I don't know what the metaphor is, but I'm in a better place. <laughs> So I know that sentence wasn't an exhibit of it <laughs> <laughs> in retrospect, hearing it all come to a clunky end. The way that but it is true. It's true emotionally. So what's interesting in these moments are like images that sort of stand out. If you may, maybe that's a helpful way to start of like painting a portrait, even like a still frame of where like where were you? What were you wearing? What were you eating at the time? What were you doing with your time who were you like introduce us to that person well he, i was 30 years old i would um i was living in my parents in my parents's house as a 30 year old man is that in massachusetts uh-huh, in suburban Ma- in suburban boston a, a place called newton mass uh you know i grew up there i went to like elementary school junior high high school like i spent a lot of time you in that town, town right? I yeah, I went to Boston College. Oh yeah, it's right there. My parents live very close to Chestnut Hill. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Right, right there, and uh, yeah, that's where I grew up. And there are people who I was friends with. Some just people from my high school. Some friends, some not friends, who stayed in that town. And I would see them. And there'd be like a jolt of like terror that would run through me from this very judgmental place that's still inside of me. But it's just like I can't like. I can't become like the guy delivering pizzas who's also my age who went to high school with me in this town. And what's separating me from that person right now? This one, I was working on a movie in my parents' basement. I was editing it. It was my first movie. And I would, there'd be bouts of complete hopelessness with it. And those were, that's, that's what I feel is my low point. And I was uh, just remember working on that movie and thinking if this movie falls apart, and it's like every day it was like on the brink of falling apart, I would be no different than the guy delivering pizzas. And to me, that was like that was such an existential terror that uh, I like t- chose not to think about it. And I was dating a girl who I wasn't that into, and she was basic wonderful person, so like generous. And, like, that's the only reason she stayed in a relationship. But I stayed with her because I would, like, kill myself if I was, like, in my parents' living As a 30-year-old man living in his parents' house, if you don't at least have a girlfriend, that's, like, shit, you got to watch your step. So I, I was, like, in a relationship that was, like, necessary. But you said you said she was with you. Why? She stayed with you. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm not asking. It's hard to see why, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you started a sentence and didn't finish. Yeah, that's probably true. I just don't want to talk too much about her but she was just a really she's she was just a really nice person yeah okay like just so like genuinely kind-hearted 
that she stayed with me, I think, not necessarily just to help me, just because like, she, her kindness allowed her to overlook my more selfish qualities. Mm. So, like, her kindness blinded her, I think. Or I don't know if that's true. Or love. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, we loved each other. We would tell each other, um, I love you all the time. And uh, when I first said it, I meant it. And for the first few months, I definitely meant it. Anyway, this is a different interview show. We're, let's stay on That's point. Whole, let's stay on point. So let's you're, stay on point. You're, you're in speaking chorus. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm learning no, about the good cop, the, bad cop stuff. There's nothing. This it's is what cop. I get. Da- these are data points for me. <laughs> so you're in the basement. You're editing a film, your first film. Yeah, and it took forever, yeah. And, and you're hanging on by thread. Yeah. Are you having dinners with mom and dad? Um, uh, sporadically. Is mom doing your laundry? Yes, I think so. Okay. Did you, did you have a routine? Yes, and it was actually, like, incredibly pleasant after a while. But it took a while to, like be okay with it but it had this sort of uh like narcotic effect i would take naps at the same time every day and have lunch every the lunch the the naps were so deep and blissful how european huh how european i was just narcotized in a certain by my routine and i'd play basketball uh every day at five thirty at this gym that i found with like just animals <laughs> <laughs> Like, this total different, like, circuitry in my brain would just fire for two hours. Can we back up, though? How did you end up at your parents' house? Yeah, what would happen in your 20s? Oh, I don't know how to consolidate that. Let's go way back. How, you know. That's a a decade (laughs) of my life. How were your 20s? I don't, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, can we hang out for four months? And I can tell you. That's a that's a that's no, a question. No, I'm just wondering. I mean, you did you feel defeated the minute you moved into your parents' house, yeah. or was it slowly there was fear washing over you as you realized that you weren't going to leave anytime soon? Well, the thing was, I was living in New York, and Boston's only four hours away, and I sometimes had a car, so I would drive back all the time because the city would be too much for me <clears throat> regularly. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, fuck it, I got to get out of here. So I, And I had a desktop computer, not a laptop, and I was editing this movie, this first movie, which took years to make. And I'd put it into my car and like secure it with all these fucking pillows and blankets and drive up to Boston all the time, like at least a wow. weekend a month. So when I moved back there, it wasn't like that disorienting because I'd been baby-stepped towards doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was that met with delight from your parents or perplexity or? Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, it's. I think it's. You have mixed feelings. I imagine if you're a parent and you're a thirty-year-old, you know, there's like compassion, there's support, there's also like a firmness that needs to play. So like you can't get too that the, your child doesn't get too comfortable. Um, he's been chasing his dream for a while. Maybe it's time for him to chase a different dream. Like th- that's in the air. You know, there's it's a com- there's a lot of complicated frequencies going through the the air. Did you have any different dreams, quote unquote? D- 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 I only had one dream at that time, which was to like finish this movie. Okay. And I, I had there's no like plan B. I'm sure. And, and if there was, it w- uh, this movie wouldn't have been finished. 
Uh, knowing the way my brain works. I'm not saying that across the board. But if there's a plan B within reach and plan A is giving you frustration, I, I hop over to plan Bs pretty quickly. Right. So because there wasn't one in place, I just like turned it inward. It became an ingrown, ingrown nail. Mm. Is that the phrase, ingrown nail? Yeah. Yeah. Ingrown hair. Hang ingrown nail? hair. Hang, Hang nail. nail. Yeah. Are there nails that grow like into, like under their own nail? No. That sounds uh, horrendously painful. Yeah, yeah. It's some, like, that's freak. not called a hanging. No, no, that's a hanging nail. No, that's not a hanging nail. It's, no, it's a called a freak ingrown. nail. There's no such thing as an ingrown nail. <laughs> no, the one it just starts digging into your flesh. I think that's called a hangnail, but it doesn't hang. No, a hangnail is. All right, we'll talk about this later. But between the napping, I'm just trying to count the hours in a day. The, there was a nap. Mm-hmm. There was a two-hour animalistic mm-hmm. basketball game. Yeah, just deep prelingual reptilian brain. <laughs> animals. Animals in a cage. <laughs> so that's, I'm just picturing. But also just, cardio, you know, working up the metabolism. A lot of yeah, a lot of cardio. I'm just imagining because running above for your the, life, the basketball court here. Oh, yeah. We shot hoops there, and it was everything but animalistic. It was like us and an eight-year-old girl, like, ah! <laughs> that's a, There's a lot of animal there, too. Yeah. Um, so that's a two-hour nap, two-hour basketball game. No, no, not a two-hour nap. Oh. Well, slow it down. Let's get our facts right here. No, two-hour nap in the middle of the day, that's a red flag. <laughs> so that's, that's a red Like, this dude's got problems. <laughs> so seven-hour? Uh, <laughs> I'd wake up for like two hours, go back to sleep. Full of no. oatmeal while you're still in bed. <laughs> right. That's when the... No, I was going to make a dark joke. <laughs> um, 20-minute nap a day. 20-minute nap a day, 20-minute nap a day. And uh, you don't have to do it, well, for me personally. I didn't have to do it for very long until I would, like, start waking up right, you know, right when I needed to, sometimes, like, a minute or two early. But more importantly, I would have really almost semi-lucid dreams, not not totally lucid, but I kind of half knew I was sleeping, half knew that I was dreaming. And that would only happen to me during those naps, but it only happened to me after the routine really developed. And you got some control over the dreams and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But you're also knowing that it's bullshit because, like, you know you're sleeping on this couch. Right. So it's, like, kind of, like, quick sandy lucid dreams. Like, you're kind of going slow. Anyway, I had a lot of those then, I remember. It's the only mm-hmm. part of my life that I really had that. Well, no, I had it. It's one of two parts, yeah. And the rest of the day was editing. A lot of editing, yeah. Yeah, I'd wake up. I would, um, I had so much footage. And I was uh, editing on my own at that point. I'd lost editors along the way. Mm-hmm. Two, I lost two editors. And uh, yeah, just trying to figure out the stuff. But also, rec- I, ha- I bought the camera. So I would like go into the bathroom and record stuff all the time. And I'd go, my grandfather lived in a nursing home. That was like 10 minutes drive. So we would, me and my mom would always go into the nursing home. Because my character gets institutionalized. And I was like, I can't fucking rent a hospital so I'd sneak into the nursing home with a camera <laughs> and my mom would videotape um, me like in the nursing home as though I'm like a mental patient oh, and wow. she, we both had so much fun doing it nobody um, picked up on it? no because we had a whole story too like we'd be like what are we going to say and like, we're saying we're making like a family video we're going to show him at his next birthday family video but why are you walking down the halls like a psycho in the family video? No one gives a shit. Like, no one cares. You're paying money. You're paying the rent. Like, don't make any trouble. Jacket, like, bouncing off no, the no, walls. No, 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 no. Hey, hold on a second. It wasn't that type of movie. I'm just, like, walking down the hallway, pour, pouring water into the plants as, like, a VO plays about what I'm learning today. So you're working on this project. You're working on a film. But you still felt like 
Like you couldn't figure out your goals at that point? I thought if this movie doesn't work, then uh, I don't know if I'm going to like have it in me to make another one. And if I don't make another one, then like, what am I doing with my life? Right. Like, this is what I spend so much time doing. It's what I've been talking about doing for a while. So if it falls apart, like, I'm not like positioned to like, I don't have another idea. Let's begin with that. And even if I did, like, I'm not positioned to do, to execute another one. I got the money from the, I was working as an editor um, in my 20s, my mid to late 20s, uh, for a company that, that does industrial videos, corporate videos. And so I learned how to edit, and they had equipment. And with their equipment and their cameras, their microphones, they f- and, and their money, they gave us some money to do this. They flew four of us to Minnesota to shoot the movie. And they paid for airfare and uh, car rental and food and hotel. And they gave us a very small budget to make the movie. So like- That's I'm amazing. So lucky. Yeah. They were so nice, and I got so lucky that I worked there. Um, they, had, they threw, like, thousands of dollars. I didn't have any, any money at all. So, like, I was like, this isn't going to happen again. Like, no one's going to give me, like, $10,000 again to make something. Like, I, I, I shit the bed. Like, I fucked up. So that anxiety was sort of swirling around. Mm-hmm. So, like, w- there would be a lot of frustrations with the movie. And I'd be like, fuck it. I can't say it's a broken fucker. I can't figure it out. You know, just get so angry and throw these hissy fits. I went through four keyboards. You smash them? I would smash keyboards. Wow. I don't get any type, like, I don't get, like, road rage. I don't get, the only rage I get is tech rage. I don't know why. <laughs> but, like, if a machine is not working, like, that, I'll, like, hit the machine. I, like, lose it. I don't hit anything else. Like, I've never hit a person or an animal. I just hit, like, machines. Does it happen with phones? I've smashed, yeah, I got the first, um, like, one of the first smartphones was, like, a Sprint, uh, fucking can't remember, such an expensive phone, and I took, I took a butcher knife to it on my friend's, on my friend's, like, uh, cutting board, my friend Brian Spinks' cutting board in Brooklyn, and I just smashed it with a butcher knife. This is going to be a, a girl, Because a girl didn't say what I wanted her to say in a text. Well, I, I, I've thrown phones. Well, this is going to be a problem when, you know, sooner or later we're going to have artificial intelligence, robots walking around on the streets. You know, like people have like different triggers. Like some people hate cops. Some people like I'll have a trigger for robots. It'll be like my rage (laughs) trigger. Yeah, only it'll be every single person and thing you ever That's why they will lock me up. Yeah. Like as soon as I go out, I just start getting violent. Yeah. Like, I will destroy <laughs> any be, fucking robot in front of tricky. me. It's going to be tricky. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to take the adjustment well. <laughs> Who knows how smooth that transition's going to yeah, be. Yeah, that might not be such a smooth transition. So four keyboards. I smashed these keyboards like, on, uh, on my on my desk. There were... Um, Multiple you know, bangs onto the desk. Can't remember. You go into a red, red out. Yeah. Like, you're not even... You don't even know what's going on. God, it feels so good just imagining that. Uh, I mean, it's a relief. The, the, the bummer... There's two bummers to it. Well, there's three. One is you lose a keyboard. Right. Two, there's a lot of cleanup because the keys fly everywhere. Oh. Everywhere. The old... Not this fancy keyboard we're looking these at now. These keys would fly no. everywhere. Right I, these but keyboards the, the, weren't around. The ones with the deep... Deep. Yeah, deep, deep cuts. Yeah. Deep cuts. Yeah. Those go everywhere. And one keyboard I had had black um, keys, and, like, all the, like, front, the room was dark. Like, you just couldn't find this stuff. And then you'd go to the Apple store, and, like, they almost know you by now. They're like, tough day in the editing room. <laughs> they didn't say that. 
but that's what was on their faces in my mind. So, like, buy another one. I finished, just to kind of flash forward for a moment, not to get out of this pocket entirely if you don't want to, but a few years later, I finished the movie. It It does fine. It plays at film festivals. I get to show it around the country. It doesn't get into huge film festivals, but at least it's not living on my hard drive. So I was like, oh, great. It's better, it's better than nothing. And then we finally brought it to Boston, and we whipped up a big crowd to show it at this movie theater. It was like a sold-out crowd. It was a big night. My parents are in the movie. They helped make the movie. And then uh, in the lobby before um, the movie starts, my mom gives me a little um, like velvet bag. And I'm like, what's in that bag? And she's like, open it. And I open it, and it were the keys to my keyboard that she collected over the years. She was on all fours picking them up. Picking them up. When I would go to the Apple store, like in tears, she would go and like pick some up to collect like for a souvenir. Oh my gosh. And gave them to me. Mom, that's so cute. She probably wears one around her neck. She's just a sweet lady. Which letter, I wonder? There's a whole bag of letters, like a Scrabble bag. Oh, around her neck? Yeah. You guys, I'm getting choked up. Wow, so tech rage. That's that's good to know. But yeah, I haven't so- flipped out in a machine in a while, but you know. Well, feel free. This isn't our. These yeah, machines are Tim's behaving. Yeah, we're surrounded by pretty sophisticated equipment. These machines are behaving. Everything. The machines are on our side. So how did you, you know? Good cop. What was? I'm sorry. What? Good cop. <laughs> am I, I the good so cop what? or am I the bad one? Am he I just, the bad? He just called you good cop. I just said good cop. Why'd you say bad cop? Why are you that, fighting the good cop? That's very indicative. Yeah, yeah I'm learning a lot. It's another data haul for me. Hauling okay. a lot of you data. You get called in. good cop, and you're like, why'd you say bad cop? Just learned a lot. Oh, interesting. Just a data, data avalanche. But, but I'm not bad cop. That's something a bad cop would probably say. That's a classic bad cop. <laughs> um, you're in this pocket, and it's contained, and it's dark. At what point is there one glimmer of... of, of an opening or of sunlight. I don't remember. There were so many. There were so many small moments of like. It it didn't really happen in big momentous sweeps for me. It was just like let's figure out this problem. Let's go out and shoot. Figure out another problem. There was one. There was one thing. Like there's a few things that I guess I do remember. Like I do remember like being at a party with my friend Brian, who helped me out so much with the movie. Like, I would drag him out to shoot with me one weekend a month. And uh, and I was like, I'm really stuck on this thing. Like, I don't know how to figure this out. It was a problem that was driving me nuts for, like, weeks, if not months. And I tried to, like, create all these editing setups for this part of the movie to work. And, like, no setup that I could figure out would work. It would all fall apart when we get to this moment. I was like, I don't know how to set this thing up. And we got drunk. Maybe we got high. I think we just got drunk that night. And... He, he basically, like, really helped me figure out the scene. He basically, like, treated it like a Herzog movie. Like, go deep Herzog in this scene. Like, go on this, Which like... You cr- compared to in the reviews, I saw. It's all because of, like, what he told me yeah. and what we put in the movie, you know? It's like, he basically said, like, you have to treat, like, what would Werner do in this situation? It's just, like, it's, it's the stage for... And, like, you know, I can't say much more if you haven't seen the movie, but it's, like, it's like a big battle, man versus nature, the end of the movie is like lake versus me and like that's like the showdown that the movie is like barreling towards and like treat it like in this big herzogian way like you know the way that herzog loved man versus nature like in this sort of playfully epic way and that like opened up so many doors for me it made an idea that was so stale um completely exhilarating so that was definitely a moment of like golden sunshine where i was Mm -hmm. like fuck 
This is Very good. Nice. This is good. Like, let's playfully like do a little pl- like playful satire of like like what would Kinski or what would Kinski do in a Herzog film? Yeah, like how yeah. would he deal with this scene? Like he would just go all vainglorious and big and like lost in the the big picture of it all. Anyway, that was um, helpful. You mentioned the word stagnation. That was a big a big theme, or is that a big undercurrent for you? Um source of fear yeah i mean there's like that thing it's like i'm sure this is really common but it, where i feel like uh um if there's i don't know how to phrase it exactly it might be too deep in <laughs> it's too deep for you guys <laughs> forget it um, let me just reach for a more shallow thought <laughs> so that hopefully you'll you understand give you a fraction of um it's either too deep in my brain to extract or it's too big to extract at this time. It's That's too big for your brain. It's too yeah, I'm taking the I'm taking the high road by taking by joining you on the low road. Surprise. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's your relationship to to low points now. I mean, do you... That clearly stands out as like a chunk of time that was the lowest you've been consistently. Yeah. When did you officially get out of the low point? Officially. I mean, I finished the movie. It didn't like get into like the festivals that I was fantasizing about. Mm-hmm. So that was its own like prolonged torment. <laughs> you know, there wasn't like a sense of accomplishment that I finished the movie. It because I wouldn't finish it until it plays at a festival. You'll be I'm nibbling at it until the very last moment. Right. So it's like that'll that'll define when it's off my hands. And even the, after the first few festivals that it played at, I took four minutes off the movie because I saw it play with a lot of audiences, and I was like, oh, this this joke isn't working. This whole thing doesn't need to whatever. So I was even after like we started playing at festivals, I was still playing with it. And I was like, all right, I gotta stop. But the movie's about that. It's a guy who just doesn't know when to stop. Like he. Uh, it was very personal in, in, in some ways. It was still a comedy, but I was like, this is a guy who's like, when is it going to be good enough, man? Like, when, yeah. And like, when are you going to start sort of creating neural networks or neural pathways between a type of level of fulfillment and something that you can actually accomplish pretty easily mm-hmm. and be proud of and have legs to stand on? Anyway, that's the sort of stuff I was thinking of during the, in the low point. And then when did you discover Los Angeles? Oh, uh, um... Three or four winters ago, um, yeah. Was that a big a big deal? I fell in love with LA so hard. Yeah. Were you yeah. just visiting, or again, there was like so many mini trips, but I think ultimately, like, I decided to spend like a month or something um, after a bunch of mini trips. And, wait, what? What was your question? How did it? How? Yeah, if you when you how when you fell in love with it? it yeah. I don't remember the exact I know, moment. there was no moment. But it's in the middle, so it was February 3rd. <laughs> February 3rd, I was rounding this corner, and it was so cold all day, and this blast of sunlight just bolted me. <laughs> this is me. how you rewrite history. And I was like, fuck, this is the moment i got to remember for podcast interviews. Fell down to your knees, yeah. <laughs> this is the moment. Um, yeah. I have stories I tell about moving to L.A. That I had a flight on April 16th, a one-way ticket from New York to L.A., and it was blizzarding that morning. It was like a 6 a.m. flight. It was dark. It was snowing. 
And I was like, I shook my fist at the sky and said, never again. <laughs> I had a similar... 20% yeah. of that is true, but that's my narrative. <laughs> higher than most. <laughs> <laughs> With God as my witness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, high veracity rate. Way higher than my friends. Yeah, well, you, to, you know, you need a story, but... I just want to be entertained. <laughs> exactly. Just tell me stories. <laughs> tell me stories that confuse my own story. That's all. Just take me away from my story. Just for two hours, three hours at a time. That's all I want a movie to do. That's the dream. Take me away. I like that. That's what we all want. Yeah. I mean, and some people, like, know how to give it to others, you know. Like, great filmmakers know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the dream. That was the hope. That, why was? Yeah, why the past that, that was the shining. Uh, that was the shining sun, you know, on the horizon. It's just, like, make a good movie and, like, you can be, like... You can share your cinematic point of view with people all across the world. Like that's so, that's so cool, and that's what was guiding me. If I didn't have that um, dream, I would have killed myself. But there were moments where I it would be eclipsed. Like I couldn't see it. That that that's what I was trying to say earlier about low points. Like I have no vision for the future. The mm-hmm. sun would go away. You know, and it's just like fuck. Like is it gonna be dark forever? That's a beautiful build-on to your original definition. Yeah. Addendum. It's a nice addendum. It's a great, great addendum. Thanks. Great. I give great addendums. How do you view your... How in do retrospect. You, in retrospect, view your low points. How in retrospect? Hmm. I'm really glad they're over. Um, I'm fearful that elements of them might come back. Trying to like think if I genuinely learned something. I mean, I don't know if that's easy for me to really say. I mean, this might sound hokey, but it is kind of true. I think for me is it helped me a little bit, like to put things in perspective. Like as basic as that sounds, um, this isn't as bad as that. Mm-hmm. Like my little daily frustrations or shortcomings aren't as bad as what I was going through every day then. Mm-hmm. So just like relax, you know what I mean. So. I guess that was sort of something that is inertia from that low point. Do you think it was bad because of its intensity or more because of its duration? It seems to me that it was just so spread. It was it was a long time. Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't like a 72 hours in hell. Right. Um, yeah, I've had one or two of those, but this one was like lower, I think. It was lower. Thank you, Alex, for coming uh, in today to share your deepest and darkest secrets with us. And thank you, Derek Strick, our faithful producer and editor. And thank you, Tim Nordwin, for providing us with a studio to record this these riveting interviews in. And, of course, for providing us with a jingle for our show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>